How do we know if the final end time events are unfolding right before our eyes? Well, Robert Morgan joins the call, and he is a teaching pastor and author of many books, including the best-selling books, The Red Sea Rules, and Then Sings My Soul. But today, Pastor Morgan is talking about his book, The 50 Final Events in World History, and the sequence of the events that are now unfolding. Be sure to stay to the end of this interview for a word of encouragement. Robert, welcome to the call. Thank you, Nancy. I'm so happy to be with you today. You know, um, we see so much unfolding in the world right now. So how does the book of Revelation help us to understand what will happen at the end of the world? Well, the book of Revelation is simple, very, very simple in its outline. There, there are 22 chapters, and I have diagrams of all of this in the book. But chapter one is introduction, and then chapters two and three are messages to the seven original churches who were the recipients of this material. Just words of encouragement to each one of the seven. Then beginning with chapter four through chapter 18, we have an extended chronological explanation of what will happen during what the Bible calls the tribulation. Seven years of unfolding trauma on earth leading up to the return of Christ in chapter 19 and his kingdom in chapter 20, and then chapters 21 and 22 is a description of our eternal home and the new heavens, the new earth, and the city of New Jerusalem, all of which we call heaven. So having an understanding of that helps us, I think, as we see all of the turmoil around us, we know how it's going to end. We know what it is leading to. Now, we don't know how soon it will lead to those final seven years, but we can certainly see the patterns emerging, and it helps give us perspective as we look at the headlines every day. Yeah. And, you know, it makes me think as you're talking how revival is, is busting out all over the place. How do you see that fitting in? Well, I don't know um, how close we are to the Great Tribulation or to the return of Christ the Bible says that no one knows the day or the hour of that. Uh, I do think that the one clue we have has to do with events that could threaten the entirety of humanity, um, planet-altering events, uh, the proliferation of nuclear weapons, or biological weapons, or pandemics or things like that, because something is going to happen which will so stun this world that a one-world government will emerge for the tribulation. And that could happen. We can see how that can happen. Even during the COVID pandemic, uh, there were calls for a global governmental response that all of the, the nations come under one organization to deal with that. And if the mortality rate had been higher, that might have actually happened. So there are revivals happening right now, and there are wars and rumors of wars, and there is persecution going on, and the preaching is going to the ends of the earth. All of the things that Jesus said would happen before his return, we just see them happening with greater velocity. They're accelerating, and they're coming to the point where global impact events could, in fact, trigger the kind of... Uh, chaos and turmoil that we see in the book of Revelation. So I, 
I don't know how far we are, but I'm sure of this, we're getting much closer every day. And when you think that uh, North Korea and Iran and Pakistan and, um, and these nations, some of them rogue nations, are now acquiring nuclear weapons, that they are threatening to drive Israel off the map, that they're threatening to destroy the United States. Um, it really, the world events are compelling things to come to some kind of climax. And that climax, I think, is described in the book of Revelation. Yeah, yeah so much is unfolding right now in the world. And um, we really have to keep our eyes focused on Christ because this is this can be scary for a lot of people. And I, I know people that are depressed right now because of the things that are happening in the world. And they think it's going to happen like right now. But can you give a, a word of encouragement for people that are struggling with seeing the things that are happening? Well, first of all, I would say don't watch the news all day long and all night long. Uh, I'm very selective about uh, when I, you know, I, I read a couple of newspapers and I may watch uh, zip through an evening telecast without commercials. But uh, but I'm not going to sit and and watch the news all day long. Uh, there are scientific studies about what that does to your brain and the, the negative emotions it triggers. So I would say uh, study the Bible more. Keep enough information from the newspaper so that you are informed, adequately informed. Mm -hmm. But let your primary focus be on your Bible study. I've, uh, I've gotten so now in the evenings, I'm a widower, and after my wife passed away, I thought, what do I do with the evenings? And some nights I'll, you know, for a while I was sitting and watching TV in the evenings. And and I have just um, reduced that and reduced that and reduced that and and used that time to study scripture and um, uh, and commentaries about scripture and, and, and to read and study some great Christian books. Uh, I think it's much more therapeutic. If we focus on things above, this is what Colossians 3 says, since you have been raised with Christ, set your mind on things above, not on things of earth. So we need to be informed about world conditions, but we don't need to be saturated with every single breaking news story. We need instead to focus more of our time on just reading and meditating and soaking in God's word. Yeah. And, you know, I remember seeing you on, um, you know, on one of the YouTube interviews and you were talking about how at night you, you actually sing, what do you, you, you sing the Psalms or, you know, you do something in the evening with the Psalms. Well, with Vesper, yeah, that's what's called Vespers. Yes. Um, Vespers is just a, an ending to a day, which includes some music and scripture meditation. So if you go to a church and they have Vespers, you know, in the evening, maybe during the Christmas season or something. It's just a very uh, relaxing evening of of some soft Christian music and and maybe some scripture. So just to end the day with your personal Vespers, you know, I like to begin the morning with my quiet time, which is what I call my time when I spend in Bible study and prayer, my appointment with the Lord every day. But in the end of the day, you just need that quiet reassurance of the Lord's presence. And that comes through whether you have a hymn book and you sing yourself or you list, listen to a, 
uh, to some great hymn or something, you know, some piece of music you love from the Lord and and pray and read some scripture. Uh, it certainly enables you to sleep better yes. than if you just turn off the TV and try to go right to bed. That's a formula for bad dreams. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I agree with that. I agree with that. Um, you know, putting on music also, a lot of the ladies that, you know, that are in my Bible study, they they put on the music, you know, and and that helps them, the the hymns and and um but and also I have a, a friend named Rose who actually just she starts to play her piano and that helps her. Oh soul yes. As well. If I could play an instrument, if I could play the piano, I would do that. Cliff Barrows was the music director for the Billy Graham Crusades, and he would lead these, you know, one hundred thousand people and and the great hymns at night. And I can't imagine what that was like. But I asked him, I said, Cliff, you don't get back to your hotel room until probably 10 or 11 at night. And you've had all that adrenaline of the crusade service. What do you do to unwind and to relax so you can sleep? And he opened up his briefcase and pulled out his harmonica. And he said, I go back to my room and I play my harmonica. He says, the great hymns of the faith I play on my harmonica. And it brings me relaxation. And in that way, I can go to sleep. What so joy. if I could, yes, if I could play the piano or the Monica, I would sit down and be doing that. <laughs> I would love to be able to play an instrument. Yeah, that's that's amazing. I, I know, me too. I am not, that is not my forte. <laughs> I've tried. <laughs> yeah. I've tried. Well, um, just to get back to where we were, um, a final, you know, couple of questions. How how do the how do the Bible's teachings about the end times and the book of Revelation help Christians make wise choices and prepare for what may happen in the future? There's a special blessing that comes to those who read the book of Revelation. It's in chapter one. It says, Blessed are those who read these words and take them to heart. And so I think that if we want that special blessing that God has promised, we need to get into the book of Revelation. And every chapter has something interesting in it. In chapter one, we have the introduction and we see the visualized rendition of the glorified Jesus. John describes him for us as he now is on the throne. And then as you go through the book and those two chapters about the church, you can evaluate uh, here are my strengths and here are my weaknesses. We see ourselves reflected in those two chapters. And then in chapters four and five, we have the beginning of the tribulation with the great worship service in heaven. And those are two of the most glorious chapters. They are the best insights into worship that we have anywhere in the Bible is in chapters four and five. Then chapter six through 18 describe the ongoing events of the tribulation period. And we can see evil being dealt with, and that reassures us. But all along the way, we have heaven's commentary on what is happening on earth, and that gives us insight. But I'll tell you, Nancy, we get to the end of the book, and we study that travel guide that God gives us of heaven. And those are two chapters in the Bible. I don't know what I would do if they weren't there, especially I've got two parents and a sibling and a wife in heaven. And I just go back to Revelation 21 and 22 over and over and over again, because it is a literal, realistic description of what our heavenly home is going to be like. 
So there's no way you can avoid revelation and get everything that God wants you to have and every blessing that he wants to give you. So I'm wanting my book, The 50 Final Events in World History, to encourage people about the simplicity of studying this final book of the Bible. Where can um, the audience get the book, The 50 Final Events in World History, and find out more about you? And also, you have this amazing book, The Red Sea Rules, and you have a sequel to it and another one coming out in the summer. So can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, all of those books are available wherever people buy their books. We have a bookstore at my website, robertjmorgan.com. And uh, there's other resources there as well. But the 50 final events in world history you can get from Christian book distributors or Amazon or best of all, your local Christian bookstore if you have one near you um, because uh, they need your business. Um, the, uh, the other books are available wherever you get your books. The trilogy, the rules trilogy, is the Red Sea rules and the, Medi uh, and the, uh, the Jordan River rules. And those are out and available now, along with study guides on our website. A lot of Bible study groups go through these. One is a study of Exodus 14. The other is a study of Joshua chapters 1 through 6. And then this summer, we're going to have the final installment, the Mediterranean Sea Rules, lessons we can learn from the voyage and shipwreck of St. Paul the Apostle in Acts chapters 27 and 28. And that is one of the most vivid but underreported stories in the Bible. And I think people are just going to be amazed at the uh, storm and shipwreck and all that Paul went through at the very end of the book of Acts. So that's the Mediterranean Sea rules. They'll be out this summer. I'm getting my copy. That's for sure. And a good friend of mine got me this book, The Red Sea Rules. Her name is Robin. And I continuously go to Red Sea Rule number eight. And um, it's just amazing. Um, so you have to get the book to see what that is. And, and Robert, <laughs> how many copies are sold right now? We're between the book and the study guide and all of its different renditions. We think we are near a million. Okay. So we're very grateful. We want people to continue. And it's a very inexpensive book. We tell people that for the price of a Hallmark card, you could give them a copy of this little book, The Red Sea Rules. And we have people that buy it by the case. We have discounted, you know, uh, um, uh, prices for quantity. And just keep it and give it out to people as they need it. We've had, I can't tell you how many people, hundreds and thousands of people have done that. So uh, so I hope that it will be a blessing. It's all the Lord's material. Uh, if it's if it's if there's any value to it, if there's no none, then it's my material. But 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 whatever whatever has value, the Lord can bless. And I hope that will be a blessing to others. That's so wonderful. Well, what would you like to leave my audience with today? Well. Every day, we need to rejoice in the Lord always. I've been, I also have a podcast, and I've been, I have spent 28 weeks teaching through the book of Philippians. I have just taken every phrase of that book. And in chapter four, it says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And then, Nancy, it comes down and it says, Paul says, I have learned the secret of being content. And I have thought so much about that. Contentment, how would you define it? 
what is contentment? And the definition that I developed is quiet joy. It's not loud joy. It's not jumping up and shouting and and it's not the finale at the fireworks exhibit. It's that quiet joy that is like the purring of a cat or or a hot cup of tea on a on a cold day or or the dying embers of a campfire. It is a quiet joy of knowing that you know the Lord Jesus. He is with you. He is full of mercy, full of grace, and the eternal God is our refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. And so I would love for people to study the Bible with me through Philippians on my podcast, but I would like to leave them with just that definition of biblical contentment. It is quiet joy. The end of the world will come, but Jesus tells us we don't know the day or the hour. And he says in Luke 18, 8, I tell you, he will see that they get justice and quickly. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on the earth? So my question to you is this, will you be faithful until he comes or seek after things that take you away from wanting to hold on to the hope you find in Jesus? So we need to stay watchful and wait. Do you listen to the call of God? Because God speaks to you every day. Are you listening to the call? <music>